From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Alraji Bank Malaysia has launched Malaysia's second cloud-native Islamic digital bank, underscoring yet another promising development in the Islamic digital banking space. My name is Mini Tatan, the Managing Editor of Islamic Finance News, and in today's episode, we sit down with Oz Ahmed, CEO of Al-Raji Bank Malaysia. Oz shared with us Al-Raji's digital bank journey and what the launch means to the Islamic banking narrative in Malaysia. Hi Oz, and first of all, congratulations on the launch of Rise to Digital Bank. What an achievement. I want to start our conversation today with a very, very, very basic question, okay? Obviously, Al-Raji Bank, the world's largest Islamic bank, has now launched a digital bank. At the same time in Malaysia, we've got Bank Negara extending digital banking licenses. What does it mean to the Islamic finance sector uh, when we have this kind of different models where you have incumbent banks launching standalone digital banks and then you have standalone digital banking startups? Yeah, it's an important question. It's a question that a lot of people are going to be asking. So the first thing is, is that let's talk about how we're different from the digital bank licensees. So yes, we're an existing bank and we are launching a digital bank offering. Now, the first thing is, is that we're backed by an existing bank. And that's important because when it comes to um, kind of safety and security from a capital perspective, um, obviously um, an existing bank, you know, with its capital levels are obviously safer. Now, when you back that further by not just the largest Islamic bank, but one of the largest banks in the world by market capitalization, it gives customers that peace of mind. At the same token, we are able to invest a significant amount of money based on you know, kind of how well we're performing elsewhere in order to invest in the right technologies to put the customer at the center of what we're doing. Now, a lot of the folks, whether they're incumbent or the new digital bank licensee, are going to put the customer in the center. We believe that Number one, with our um, effectively ability to invest in doing that, we're going to have a highly competitive offering. We genuinely think it's going to be the best in class in Malaysia. So that's what uh, customers should expect. Of course, Alraji has been a major Islamic banking player for so long. And with the new digital offering or digital bank, can you walk us through your targets, as in market segmentations, and how is the bank going to prevent cannibalizations of business between the two? It's a really important question. We'll start with the retail segment. With the retail segment, we're focused on mass and mass affluent. But when we look at our branch network, it's focused on affluent. There's different needs and a different engagement model. So they certainly are separated. And uh, we don't see foresee any issue from a cannibalization point of view. To address this issue, what people need to do is clearly define their market segment and serve them very well. But having said that, and talking about the other digital banks, actually what we're able to do is potentially support them. The reason is, is that our technology has APIs such that we will be able to provide products and services that might we might be able to partner with some of the digital banks to support them because we understand how complicated it is and how much investment is needed to really offer something that makes sense. So the new offering took about a year, a year or so in the making, right? Um, which is quite an impressive timeline to launch you know, a fully digital bank. 
Uh, can you walk us through some of the challenges that you face in setting up um, the operations? Yeah, so just talking about the credential to start with, um, in the space of time that we did it, which was a two-month design and a ten-month build, in terms of the scope of what we're offering has never been done anywhere before, anywhere at all. It's the first of its type. And like I said, we're talking about retail. Watch this space for something else. I think people probably guess we're talking about SME there. So uh, from that point of view, it is uh, going to be a first ever uh, anywhere in the world in terms of a known credential. In terms of the challenges, now the key challenges, honestly, when it came down to it, was making sure we had a clear vision. Yes, we ticked that. But in the execution mode, was choosing the right partners. Yes, we ticked that. But actually, where we're facing a lot of the challenges, where everyone else will be, is around um, attracting uh, uh, talent. Because the amount of people that you need to run something like this effectively, everyone's looking for that. So when I look back and uh, look at what the challenge is, some people may turn around and say, oh, well, it's all new and, you know, how was it from a regulatory point of view? The answer to that is very, very smooth. Um, how was it from working with vendors who are not in Malaysia? It was smooth. I mean, there's, there were some, there were naturally some challenges educating vendors about Malaysia and so on and so forth. But the key challenge, and it will be for a lot of the uh, folks going down this journey, is really about talent. What about the regulatory um, architecture? Do you have any comments on that? Yeah, so this is a completely cloud-native offering, and the central bank has um, uh, regulations around cloud. So uh, the, there's an enabling environment there. What is incumbent on an institution trying to do this is make those clear representations for the regulator that we're in line with those expectations. But like I said, there's a lot of talk about regulator, regulator, and from our experience, and now we would have launched a the standard in the market, what we can clearly and openly say is that with the regulator it was smooth. So I think that people need to kind of... Um, not use that as an excuse and really step into uh, making changes because why should we make changes? It helps everyday Malaysians, that's why. Digital banks or challenging challenger banks, neo banks, they seem to be the talk of the market. But we also cannot deny that there have been certain spectacular failures, right? So I'm curious, you know, for Al-Raji, like when you were designing, you know, setting up your vision, were there any successful examples you used, you know, as benchmarks? It's a very good question and you're speaking to exactly discussions we had early on because we don't want to turn around and reinvent the wheel. We want to learn from people and we took those examples from Europe and Asia and applied them. So I'll give you a simple example. One example is, is that what should you have in your offering on day one? And we knew we needed financing because people typically said, oh, we've launched a digital bank. But actually what it was was an account and the ability to do transfers and maybe a little bit of savings. And that was it. But that business case, number one, doesn't make sense from a financial point of view. But number two, it's not that meaningful to the customer. They might stick a hundred ringgits in it and use it for some transactional purpose. Now, at that point, you've lost the customer, you've lost the engagement. The other thing is, is that people either digitized or they brought out something under their own brand. But... There's an association with brand. So we want people to understand what they should associate with Rise, and that's why we came up with Rise as a new brand, to be able to say to people, this is what you should expect and deliver on that. So these are just a couple of examples. One is what should be in scope for it to make sense, and number two is making sure the brand is on point so you have that journey together with the customer. I know earlier you said that um, the bank doesn't really have any hard number of targets when it comes to like targets, right? But how do you measure the success of the digital bank? For example, what metrics do you look at? Will you look at customer acquisition cost? Or what do you consider? 
Yeah, so being an incumbent bank and having uh, otherwise a successful business and so on and so forth is a little bit easier for us. So what are we measuring? Actually, what we're measuring is um, getting customers on board and their engagement. So it's not just like I download it, ooh, that's nice, and then it... No, it's the engagement. Whether people are moving to make their, this account their primary account. Now, another thing is, is that, yes, we are looking at personal financings because at the end of the day, when we... We know that a lot of folks in Malaysia do need personal financing support. We have to understand that there is, you know, even, you know, traditionally called the middle class and so on and so forth, everyone's getting stretched. So we certainly also are looking at how we can optimize that to make sure not only is it fast and you can get it in 15 minutes, but it maintains relevance. I'll give you an example of stuff we're already thinking and talking about is Actually, shouldn't we just naturally build in payment holidays for uh, a Ramadan or a Chinese New Year or the, the month that school fees are due and uh, places like that? So again, to talk about the metrics, we're talking about customers who are using it as effectively a primary account and then customers that are using it to meet uh, specific needs. Uh, again, I've just used personal financing, but there's other metrics. So it's not the traditional metrics that you would look at. And look, I know that sounds like kind of a bit whatever fancy, but I have to admit the reason we can do something like that is because we have an incumbent bank business that's successful. So we have a bit of luxury to um, work out uh, what we're tracking ourselves against, and it's not traditional metrics. So in terms of like digital banking in Malaysia in particular, I think it's quite interesting to see that there's been a lot more activity or push from the Islamic side. So of course, there's Al-Raji, there's Bank Islam, and then two of the digital bank licenses would be yeah. offering share compliant proposition as well. So how then are you going to differentiate yourself, not only within the Islamic banking community, but also the conventional lenders? Yeah, so I just, to, to make... It very clear for everybody, um, you know, the support that we've received from our shareholder is significant. Um, and I don't want to put it in crude language, but I just don't think that other people will be able to compete with that. So as a result, we've been able to invest a lot in this, and we just think it's going to be better than all of the others. Um, and so uh, the other part is, is that Araji Group, from a culture perspective, is a big bank with an entrepreneurial mindset. So our ability to innovate and change is very fast from a group perspective, and we're bringing that culture into Malaysia. It is evidenced by the fact that we've launched this at this scope in 12 months. So. Yes, a lot of the Islamic banks are, uh, are doing this. There's a reason for that. Um, and we want, as part of the industry, for, for everyone to be successful in the Islamic finance industry. Um, but they're going to have to do a lot more to compete with us on what we're doing here. So fintech or digitalization is something that really, really picked up in the last recent years. Um, what's your market outlook observation about the industry in general when it comes to Islamic fintech? Yeah, so I think it's, it's great that uh, Malaysia has 33% of the Islamic fintech market. And I've been very open about this. You have to attract the other fintechs that are kind of right. agnostic. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if you look at putting together and delivering the best-in-class technology, I've talked about Feedsign. We're working with, obviously, AWS mm -hmm. Thought Machine. We're working with Zorro Labs. We're working with MoneyThought. We're working with Zendesk. These are not Islamic fintechs. They're best-in-class in what they do. So making sure that Malaysia has an environment where people are happy to set up those offices there and really be part of the market, I think is important uh, to do. We're playing our role by just saying, hey, listen, we're, we're doing this thing and we want you to be part of it and we've brought them in. 
that's one thing that we're doing, but I think that there needs to be um, you know, some concrete steps made by the relevant bodies to make sure they can attract and house these folks here. And I would love to see a Malaysian version of the FinTech Festival. You know, right. I'd love to see that. Um, this is a real uh, economy in Malaysia that's growing, and there's no reason for it not to have a fertile ecosystem that is highly competitive in the ASEAN region. When you mentioned creating this competitive ecosystem, what, what exactly is missing or what do you think are areas that we could improve as a nation to attract this fintech startup that you talk about? You need to create demand to start with. So when we're talking about folks actually doing what we're doing, now imagine the entire banking sector did that. The demand is there. Then there's the enabling side of it. So you need bodies to make it easier to have access to talent or to attract talent and bring them here and make it meaningful. So there's various things from a talent perspective that can be done and also from why would you set up an office here? What is the, is, is there something to get things going? Obviously I'm sure the relevant bodies are, are thinking through this. What I'm saying is, is that I'd love to see uh, this really pick up a step because what we've done through RISE shows that it is imminently possible. What we have today, what we will have over the next few months, will be best in class, not just for Malaysia, uh, but also potentially the region. Now, if we can achieve that, imagine if multiple folks in Malaysia did that. Imagine what that means for Malaysia and Malaysians. And I really, and I, we really mean this. We really mean the fact that one of the reasons we did this is to take a step up and show an example. Yes, Araji Bank's an enormous bank around the world, but in Malaysia, we're, we're, we're small. Yeah. We know that. We don't have ambitions to take over the market. No, we, yes, we want to grow our market share, but to a point that isn't really a worry to the big guys. So one of the reasons we're doing this is really to set an example. And I hope people look at it and I hope people are inspired by it and say, look, Malaysia can do more, Malaysia can do better. Okay, so one last question. I know you're trying to keep us on our toes, you know, be excited about what Alraji um, is planning for the digital bank. Is there anything you can share with us and what we can expect from RISE, say, over the next few months or in 2023? Well, I'll pick just two things. One is the marketplace. We have to understand that in order to truly put the customer at the centre, we need to give complementary offering from partners who offer products and services that either we can't or are better and so on and so forth. So that's something to keep an eye out for. It's going to start, but it will build. And that will be in the next few weeks. It will start and it will build, and it will build to what we hope becomes a world-leading um, ecosystem for embedded finance. That's our ambition there. And we hope that that's achieved in 2023. Um, and obviously off of the back of it there's a bunch of products and services. And yes, we've got our own product roadmap and people can probably guess what would naturally come off of the back of what we've already done. The other thing is, is that, you know, um, you know, we want to keep it quiet, but I don't think it would be unreasonable to expect we're doing something with SME because we are very clear about the fact that we want to help the real economy. When we look at SME, S is typically not well served. We're going to try our very best to do something that hasn't been done in Malaysia. Um, keep your eyes peeled, it won't be very long. And that is a bit of an exclusive for IFM. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.